Nine Perfect Strangers, episode four, dropped this morning after one through three came out yet yeah, at all at one time. When we ended our first recap, we had some questions, specifically you raised it, but I had the same questions. Would this be a murder mystery? How much actual healing would take place? And by the end of episode four, the answers are very clear. And I like it. There is still the mystery with Masha and the texts and the phone calls, but there is a lot of healing taking place. And yeah, this is where the show again veers and, and now even more drastically from White Lotus. And this was another thing we talked about in our first recap was that maybe this would be a more feminine and I don't mean gender, even though Leanne Moriarty is a woman and Mike White is the the creator of the White Lotus is a man. I'm talking about feminine qualities and masculine qualities that when you compare the two shows, Nine Perfect Strangers is more about the collective, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the individual, which is much more the White Lotus. This one is on healing as opposed to kind of aggressive needling, which is happening on White Lotus. Nine Perfect Strangers is about being receptive, being open to things that feel very crazy, feel very outside your comfort zone. Whereas opposed to the White Lotus, it was very not, not, it was more, again, more aggressive, more assertive, more projecting. And mm-hmm. so very different approaches, though, to the same thing. Because in both shows, the people have come to wherever they've come to, whether that's the White Lotus Resort or it's Tranquillum, they have come to fix something's wrong. Something is not working and they need to, they, they don't want it to be broken anymore. Now, some people just take a vacation. They think what I need is a vacation, right? Every a mm-hmm. vacation. The four be... seasons and a bunch of Bellinis, as, sure. as Francis says yes. at one point. She thinks there that's you... what she needs. Yes. So, of course, that's usually never what one needs. It's no. usually deeper than that. And so the White Lotus does get there. But in Nine Perfect Strangers, these people know really something is wrong. And most of them actually know exactly what's wrong so I'm really loving these two and talking about them and thinking about them in tandem even though it's not intended at all they're on completely different networks completely different production companies completely different stars both resort shows as we as we pointed out they're both very popular right now and I as you know as I said on the first one I did not watch the White Lotus also as we both said we did not read Leanne Moriarty's book so we are really looking at this um completely fresh and you just used the word that i've been thinking the entire time i've been watching this show which is the find your wound line mm-hmm. you use the word wound that i think is what's doing it for me i mm. said on the first one that i i'd be most what did i want to see more of i was hoping that it would go into this each person's damage, damage mm-hmm. and their healing and that's what they're doing and so I don't honestly I don't know what happened in the book I don't know the differences I think there are significant to me this is fascinating and I know yeah. some of the criticism is that you know there are a lot of standout individual performances within this but that maybe the the whole is is not terribly cohesive I don't know I I Maybe I'm okay with that, but right now, to me, it, it each exploring each of their damage is is fascinating to me. And I think there's a lot of rooting around in wounds in the White Lotus, but it's very different. It is is it's more again. Like I use that word needling. It's more each one of them needling each other to to see the wound. But here it is more introspective. It's each person comes with their wound and they're actually trying to hide them. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's only up to them to look at them for themselves. But I don't know. I felt a little bit like the way you're describing in the first three episodes, that first drop. But by the end of episode four, I am now seeing the way it's moving a little bit towards the needling, right? There, that how each person's damage is triggering and you see it most significantly which we'll talk about later in the scene with the the dummy Mr. Kenzo and how these two women beat the shit out of it and it triggers Tony so badly yes yes. so I'm seeing much more of that I see the intertwining I see the needling I see the way these people as as Lars has said and as Masha has said these people were chosen for a reason yeah. and they are they are intended to 
you know, help each other open, open those veins. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. see it more now in episode four. I did see that. I did. I was a little afraid that, that it was a bit too isolated, each one. And now I'm seeing in episode four. Yeah, because I think now. you're right. It's more about how this collective group of strangers can help the other sort of mm-hmm. deal pull things out you're right just yes it's not just an isolated exercise they don't each you know just go off with masha and you know right therapy session exactly (laughs) that's right that's right it is a group dynamic and you know as you said the wound masha nicole kidman says it right in the beginning of episode two i mean the very beginning of episode two is jam-packed it's jam-packed but she says in that first kind of opening you know welcome circle the most bizarre welcome circle of all time she says to heal we must first find the wound and that is clearly what's happening on this yeah so, she used our favorite line yeah so we'll we'll come to a lot of the scenes that that expose this but i first want to i just want to recap the secrets and the wounds that we've uncovered so far in episodes two three and four Mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll talk about them more. So we find we've out learned that a lot. Yeah, we've learned a we've, lot here. <laughs> we've learned a lot. The Marconis had a son that was Zoe's twin brother, and he had committed suicide. That is one of my favorite storylines. It's it's yeah, right just, before his eighteenth birthday, and they yes. are now here, and it would be what would be their twenty first birthday. So. Right. And we know that Tony is a former NFL player who thinks he was better than Gronk. It's a little much, but okay. (laughs) So much better Um, than Gronk. (laughs) Yeah. So, but he's been injured and he's now addicted to Oxy. He's divorced. He, his kids won't speak to him. We now, by the end of episode four, know he's actually responsible or, and feels responsible for and is somewhat responsible for a man's death. Melissa McCarthy, Francis, has been swindled by a man on the internet who pretended to, I know, to be in in love with her. Yes, catfished. And he was going to move in, uh, move to be with her. Then his son gets in a car accident. He asks for a lot of money, which she gives him and never hears from her again. I thought it was very clever, by the way, that this swindler is played by Melissa McCarthy's real life husband. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, Ben Falcone. We also learn that Carmel has been left by her husband for a younger, prettier woman. They are vacationing in Italy. Her kids live with them, and they love this new wife, pretty wife with a pretty name, Lillian, very much. I also love that storyline. I want to talk about that more, too. We know that Lars is an investigative journalist who... Didn't you call that? Did you call that on the last one? What? Did you say that, he's probably a journalist? I thought you yeah, said that. I yeah, I I don't remember if I said journalist, but I did think he was like planted for some reason to you, but to on his own like to I did see him as maybe I did say journalist. I, I cuz that's the only word that's yeah. coming to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like to to kind of get inside and see what's going on. But he may or may not blow up the secrets behind Tranquillum. We the jury's still out on that even for himself. Ben and Jessica, I think we've gotten the least. If we've yes. gotten the most about the Marconis, we've gotten the least about Ben and Jessica. A little bit more about Jessica. Ben feels very unknown to me still. We did get that he won the lottery, mm-hmm. $22 million. And That he's um, deeply uncomfortable with it, having done he, nothing for it, he feels like. Yes. They're, and their relationship isn't great. They're not doing so well, obviously, from that one opening intimately See, they're yes. having issues the sex is tense it's not going well i think i would know if i wasn't wet well maybe yeah. your wet's not my wet she's like what excuse me <laughs> so like- yeah yeah <laughs> and masha is getting threatening texts from someone who apparently wants her to die though i find the wording of these messages mm. very strange there's yeah. nothing about killing they're watching her they, there's a lot of die, but no, yeah. like, I'm going to make you die. I, I don't know. It's very This bad. is my toughest storyline to, to, to deal yeah. with, which we can yeah. talk about. I, I don't know how I feel about this one, but I yeah. don't know if it's distracting me or if I'm really that interested. I think, I don't know if it feels a little forced, but, but yeah, you're right. There's a lot of messages that just say die. And the question is whether this person is someone from Tranquilum, someone from her past, 
She indicates she has a lot of enemies, could be mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah, and uh, she even, she asks Yao, and Yao asks Delilah. So there is a lot of suspicion around what's going on, but really broad questions, very vague. I don't even understand how episodes four cliffhang- episode four's cliffhanger was like a defacing of her apartment but they broke a plate and put post-it notes on the wall I wasn't sure what the fuck was going on there what was that I don't know I thought that was very weird too and again like it's good to die what what does that mean I mean is that just I hope this doesn't turn out to be a like I don't know something like a metaphorical death you mean like no but or like a fan you know it's like yay it's good to die now we have tranquilin look at you you died and now it's been the best thing ever i i don't i think (laughs) i'm very here's what i actually think about the storyline i'm i'm i have hesitations about it but also i'm just afraid that it's gonna it's gonna be stupid like i'm gonna be unsatisfied (laughs) and or eye roll and kind of to what you're getting at I, and that, and I'm just like, oh, come on, don't, 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 don't do that. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Right. So that okay. one I'm very jury's out on. And then even right. Delilah kind of threaten her a little at the end. Are we, oh, I know they're boy. trying to make it seem like Delilah's doing it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But we've well, also learned that they have a weird triangle relationship, Delilah, yes. Yao, and her. Yes. It's been known to happen that he comes to my room. Mm-hmm. But see, now this is interesting because I... Now, no spoilers here for the White Lotus, but, and, nor this one, because I couldn't possibly know what happens, but I think a lot of people found the ending. So, in the beginning of the White Lotus, you know someone is going to die. You see a body being taken away. You have no idea who that is, or how it happens, or what. And I think a lot of people, and I I still haven't gotten a chance to, I I want to read some of the criticism, but I think a lot of people got hung up on how it actually, like who actually did die and how it happened. And they were not happy with that. But I don't know. I'm, I don't care. And, and that's to the, to the point of nine perfect strangers, you're saying it's going to be stupid and that's going to bother you. I don't, I'm not going to care. It's probably going to be stupid and I don't care. I'm watching it for all of the other things, the same way I watched the white Lotus for all of the other things. I don't, yes. this doesn't take away from me. But I will say the difference between White Lotus and Nine Perfect Strangers on this point is they open the entire show with, with that a, a body. Mm-hmm. And then there is not one single reference to it. In fact, there can't be because it goes back in time. So the beginning starts at the end of the show. The very okay. first scene is the last scene of the show. And then you find out who is dead at the end of vacation. But they can't possibly tease it because you're gone back in time. Yes, and I that is very different from this. They are teasing it in every episode. And not only in every episode, it's it's really like a few times per episode. And that is making it ramp up a little more. And I'm not sure it, it deserves that kind of ramping up. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess, I we'll, guess see. we'll see. Exactly. Yeah. So what scenes I mean I can start but what scenes do you want to talk about because there's a lot well this one's straight out of the beginning of of episode two and Mm. I love this one so I'd love to talk about the conversation that Jessica and Francis have okay okay I mean given one of our favorite themes on the podcast is this idea of being seen in the first 10 minutes or whatever of this second episode for for Jessica to be fangirling with Francis and saying that her favorite line from one of her books was he saw her I mean I almost I was like did she just say that oh my god um I'm like holy cow and then she you know goes on to talk about things that that we've talked about she says you know I guess the line is and then Till then, she never knew. She'd never been seen before. It was like coming home. And you can see how much of an impact that has had on Jessica. And, you know, given what we know about her and her relationship with Ben, I mean, it all makes sense. But, you know, she, right. she then says genuinely to Francis, it's the most wonderful feeling in the world to be seen. And yeah. Francis, and so I am all yes. in. By the way, you are I'm all you are all Jessica in. in this scene, yep. and I am Melissa McCarthy. I am Francis yes, in this scene totally. because I, even as she's listening to Jessica recite her line, which is, 
you know, you think is such an amazing thing. It, this mm-hmm. huge fan knows your line by heart. At the end, she goes, eh, it's a little clunky. And it's I a little clunky, like, exactly. Yes. This but is. But that's what I was going to say. She, I was sitting there all Jessica completely. Right. And I'm like, yes, it is the most amazing thing in the world. And then I'm like, oh, Francis, why you got to kill it? I love Francis. See, now I was all Francis. I was like, here's a little grown ass lady advice. It was so I funny. wouldn't look to novels or music or movies to tell you the truth about love. Mm-hmm. We're liars. They lie to you. Yeah, yeah. we li- Yes, we're just a big... Uh, we're just a pack of dirty liars, hustlers of the heart. Of the heart. And I love so that. So good. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. She's right. She's right. Yeah. In some sense, but also not, I think. But Well, so know. let's talk about that. I really want to talk about that because I yeah. do think she's right, period. Mm-hmm. But I think she, like so many of us, including me, who live reality first, is that reality is not sufficient. It's just not. And we need fantasy. But so we, we what yeah, the, go ahead. what do I like about it? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you go back to my whole we read so we're not alone, that's my yes. favorite line, as you know, from C. S. Lewis. But that I understand that it's fiction and that the, this this writer is a bit of a liar. It's make-believe, mm-hmm. right? They wrote yeah. It's what fiction is. But I think people are finding things in it that they find relatable. And so to them, if you've experienced something like that or, or and then you read about it and you relate to it, it feels like the truth to you. I mean, because yeah, yeah. you've... So to me... It's okay, even if you made that up, you the writer, if mm-hmm. it speaks to me, the reader, and, and helps me relate to something or remind me of something, then 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 I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't feel as if it was, you've duped me into believing something that's a fantasy, really, because it doesn't feel like a fantasy. It feels like the truth to you. So that's yeah. what I think is like the magic of it. Now, if you're reading books yeah. and going, okay, but the well, magic, that's you, what but romance you just put looks truth- like. You just put truth and magic in the same sentence, and I find them to be at odds. Yeah, right? is, yeah, yeah. Th- they're the I, opposite. See, and and this is this is what I'm trying to uh, like get my head around to articulate because I I do believe in fantasy. I I love reading. I love watching yes, movies and TV, and I write like you know fiction. I am fiction is <laughs> very meaningful to me. But it doesn't, it, the way it coincides with reality is something that I think we are very, you and I are very far apart on. And it's not just you and I, I think you and I represent the Jessicas and the Francis's, right? And it's, but it, it's not to say that it's not real or true or something, but it's the way they go together, I think, that is like the piece that's missing, I guess it's like if you wrote something, though, and somebody read it and it really spoke to them, you know, it it helped them see something about themselves or about a relationship that they're in or something they're like, you know, isn't that what you write for? I mean, or, or isn't it maybe that's not the reason, but isn't that one of the great things about films tv shows books that that the viewers or readers can see things and say wow like i i that's helping me see something about myself and that's what i feel like jessica's saying so i francis why you gotta shit on that though i mean right (laughs) now don't go looking i think your point is when people look at it and go oh look at what that romance looks like my romance has to look like that you know the total like delusional aspect when people try to emulate things because they think that's you know, what it looks like in a movie or a rom-com. I mean, life's not a rom-com or whatever. I think that's where it can get a little bit dangerous maybe, but I don't know. You know, I think that the the truth, I mean, I obviously have have spoken a lot, certainly in the realm of the unlikable female protagonists where seeing women that are complex is amazing it is such an important part of why we need these other voices why we need these other perspectives and I'm going to talk about it more later even in this show and that is important and and great but 
that is not, I guess that's not the fantasy element of it for me. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe everybody has the elements that you relate to and then the elements that are fantasy. That's but, kind of, I think you're onto something with that. Yeah. And I, because I guess, like Francis said, I mean, I see you're saying Francis shit on it. And I don't really think that's exactly what she intends to do. And maybe she does, though. Maybe I'm projecting too much because she is in a bad place with her own writing. So maybe she does intend to shit on what Jessica's saying. But it's more of like, I don't know, maybe it is the chicken or the egg question, right? That that I think you should not look to novels and, and music and movies and TV shows, obviously, for the truth, but to, they, they won't tell you the truth, but they will give you the tools to make your reality a better reality with an injection, an injection of fantasy. And yeah. this is how you can do it. This is, this is how you can do it. This is how it can feel like that to you. Okay, I like the tools thing. Also, though, I'm thinking as we say it that maybe the difference is the word truth. Like, I think it's to see, like, your own truth. Mm -hmm. Meaning Jessica sees in this, by by her statement, I feel like she sees the truth in herself, which is she is feeling like she's not being seen. Okay, Mm -hmm. so in reading those words that Frances wrote, she's exposing her wound. She, that helped her to see her truth, which is she's desperate to be seen by mm-hmm. someone, which means to her to be in a relationship with more connection, with more yes. of this, more that, which she's yes, lacking. Sure. Yes. So like she learned that truth about herself because of what Francis wrote. So Francis saying, don't look to books for the truth. Well, but it, it did help her, I think, find mm. a truth about herself and what she's missing in a relationship. Yeah. No, yeah. which I personally find when reading or watching things sometimes. Now, like, but to your point, yes, it's well, not, me too. It's, it's just a tool. You're right then to say, okay, so if people really do this level of analysis after they read or watch yeah. something, but we yeah. do. We do. Which is, okay, <laughs> so what does that say about me? And what does right. that mean? You know, and then it, you're right. In that sense, it is then a tool. Right. Yeah. To help you As opposed a to, you know, what what Francis is cautioning against and maybe Jessica's not but but maybe Francis has this enough data to say someone like Jessica comes up to me and what they they do is expect that kind of relationship that in Nathaniel's kiss that the two people yeah. had and that that's You're not right. realistic it's not the and answer I guess yeah. that's what Francis is trying to say this isn't the yeah. answer it's it's yeah. like a it's way the, for you yeah to, like a data point like it's or to yeah. highlight something now you yeah. see that okay or now yeah. you've identified that what but are you then that's do only it? step one yeah, yeah yeah I think that's right like well I that's the solution I know you loved that you were like oh my god here I am Jessica and I <laughs> really I saw it as the two of us I really did I was like <laughs> oh true. my god we just here. spent like 15 minutes talking about it so clearly. I know, clearly. It spoke to the both of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was just like, wow, I've never seen a conversation like that on TV. I mean, we do have them often, but but I've never seen a conversation like that. And and I do love that it started, I mean, she's a, ro- Frances is a romance novelist. She's not a, you know, a, a horror novelist. She's like, no love you know and she calls herself she's an optimist she says also it's a it's an unclear line between optimist and masochist but she does believe in love fundamentally I know she's in a bad place right now obviously but fundamentally she believes in love and she believes in that fantasy and she believes in you know whatever it is that a romance novelist is selling she believes in it, as do I. I feel like I often get cast as the one who doesn't no, believe. No, I know in, you no, do. No, right. I know you know, but I feel like yeah. I get cast in that role in between us. And this was just so three-dimensional because clearly Frances believes in love. She's been married twice. She fell in love again. Yeah, and, and she, she even says in that scene with Tony, to your point, she says when she explains to him what happened and how she got catfish and everything, but you know what? Then she she looks at him and she's like, not a bad deal. You know what? So I got six yeah. months of love and companionship. Maybe it was worth it. And a lot of people wouldn't say that was yeah. worth it after what she went through. I mean, that's a, that's someone who believes in love right there. Yeah. I mean, See, because now even after this being is, burned. 
Yeah. Well, she's... do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want to go on to to those some of those scenes? Because yeah. I again, I feel like I'm Francis. I mean, throughout this, I'm just feeling. Now, I've never been catfish. I've also never been divorced. But all of the the way she sees things, I've, I just I feel like I can relate to her. Yes. Yes. No. That one I actually did relate to though. That line. Yeah. You know, so you mean the scene with her and Tony in the pool? I don't, yeah, or, or I, whatever you want to move on to. I didn't have uh, any scenes with them. I, I love them, but for me, it was a lot of it was just in episode one, their setup. And then it was more chemistry, but I didn't have anything else to add on, on those. I want, I'm ready to go on to Marconi's. Okay, I want to talk about the Marconi's, but I do have, a, a, I do have yeah. some more Francis yeah, and Tony. Go. So, go. I mean, I just think... I really, I really love every scene they're in. And I know I said at the end of the last one that I hope, what do I want more of? And I just want more of Francis and Tony. And I just think they're the budding relationship, if you will. And I don't mean relationship in the sexual way. I mean that their friendship, whatever it is, I love how it's evolving. I mean, first of all, I just, I mean, I thought it was hilarious the scene where he almost kills her with the grape. No, I did. I thought it was yeah. so funny. But then... The part I really liked, of course, then was them talking afterwards and the right. fact that she feels like she, this is someone she can actually open up to, you know, and, and she tells him the story. And then, you know, we saw a later scene where she's sort of like, you know, could you like not tell anyone about that? And he's like, well, what'd you tell me for? And she's like, because I felt like I, you know, you wouldn't judge me. And I just feel like there is a real comfort between the two of them where they feel like they can actually be themselves and I love watching that and I think that at the same time it's not cheesy you know they're both still sarcastic they both still give each other shit they both you know they don't lose any of the parts we love about their back and forth but there is some vulnerability and there is some softness so I think that relationship is is really complicated and and i I just think it's the, and the two of them are amazing. There's there's definitely yeah. chemistry, but yeah, um, I like that it hasn't gone totally soft. Mm. But they're still, you know, they they still right. They're always going to be go who they it. are. Those are the yeah. right. Yes, I don't think it ever would. I think two people in love are still those people, and you know, they they wouldn't yeah. lose who they were. Yeah. And they confide in each other. I mean, that's each one shares their secret with the other um which i love to see because that's where you you know they didn't come out through masha or conversation with them it's that they chose to confide in the other and yeah and i think I part of that, that is because of the way they met right they actually met yeah. before they got there they met mm-hmm. in in uh, on the side of the road and he was like you look like you need some help and she tried to scare him away with her talk of menopause and he was like how about some supplements you know yeah yeah right (laughs) he's like I'm not afraid and so I think that opened the door right from the start and then it it has just continued to progress in a very natural and sweet and very fun to watch way yes yes so those two are awesome yes but the Marconis are really they're Oof. they're getting into some deep emotional territory right from the beginning of they are two. yeah they are and they have made so much progress over mm. episode two three and four because in episode two we find out that i guess leon napoleon leo uh, she's calling him anything but i think it's mostly leon that her his uh wife is is calling him he said things happen for a reason when they found their son uh, had committed suicide. He hung himself. And Heather is angry. And that's we see that altercation right at the beginning of episode two. She's angry at him for being so optimistic. And man, be careful what you wish for, Heather, because he is going to, right? Over the course of the next three episodes, he's going to reveal that he actually feels to blame that he, if he had gotten up a little, if he hadn't hit snooze and he had gotten up a little earlier, that he could have somehow prevented Zach from killing himself. And he, I mean, it goes so far as he kills a goat with his bare hands to atone for for this sin that he's committed by by waiting and and not catching him. And it's, I mean, he's that's he's gone swung in the opposite direction so far. I mean to being like, well, things happen for a reason to, 
what I'm really hiding under that, that that is my facade. And what I'm hiding under that is a deep, deep feeling of responsibility, personal responsibility, as if he is responsible for Zach's death, which is too far in the other direction, I think. And hopefully he'll settle somewhere in the middle. But we also see a whole range of emotions from Heather, right? Mm. We have her anger in that scene. Then the next scene, we see her with sadness and desperation as she's standing on that edge of the cliff. It looks like she's going to kill herself. It looks like she's going to jump and plummet to her own death. Mm. And I mean, that's hard for anyone to watch. It's Zoe, obviously, is very disturbed by watching it, which was played beautifully by that actress and yeah and then her husband is like no when he's talking later to Masha he's like no she wouldn't have done it she wouldn't have done it you know as if she's not suicidal and never has been but he says she's broken and then Masha asks him like Mm. what about you are you broken and he said no no I'm fine and he tries to be very logical and he cites the statistics on suicide I mean you think why me but then it's like how how why not me everyone why not me yeah. yeah everyone is touched by suicide and that really starts to unravel over these next episodes heather also is changing the biggest change she's she's angry she's sad and then she's at the hot springs and she's like hey you know I don't know when the last time any of you had sex was, but mine was three years ago. I just can't have sex anymore, presumably because of the trauma she's gone through. And she's like, but but Napoleon, he want it's possible for him, and and he should. And so she tries to, you know, strike two (laughs) birds with one stone by offering (laughs) Francis to have an affair with him so he can have sex and Francis can have some content for her next book. Apparently, yeah, exactly, exactly. So she's feeling free there. She went skinny dipping and she's Mm -hmm. in the hot springs. I love the moments where Zoe's like, mom, mom, please. I know. Oh, full frontal. Oh, yes. Also total sidebar. I just watched that and decided that I just need, there needs to be more skinny dipping in my life. Like I was watching it like, God, that looks refreshing. Like, see, I I was watching it going, why is that appealing to anyone? And I am not. <gasps> to me. I. I no, am you're not, not a prude, a prude that, at all. No. I. I and I and I am not afraid of skin. I. If anyone no. has seen what I wore to the live event, I mean short shorts. Like I am not. No. This is not a problem for me. I just don't understand the skinny dipping at all. But maybe oh that's God. why. Maybe because I do feel otherwise pretty free with my body that I don't. I thought understand. it was going to be. Because you don't like, this just made me, which might yeah. not have anything to do with it. I know yeah. you don't like the ocean. And when you describe it, you're like, oh, because what if I touch something? No, or weird yeah, that's there? So it's not yeah. that. No, that's true. But also, I wouldn't do it in a pool either. Oh, I was just going to say, but it, just, what about in a pool? <gasps> I don't doesn't... know. I just, the water on the skin, I was watching it going, I want to go skinny dipping. That's oh all God. I could I think don't... when I was in wa- oh, I know. oh, my God. No, Maybe I believe this goes you to the waterfall I... from yes. cocktail. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Oh my God, wait, we're on to something here. Talk, yeah. wait, no, for real, right? Because yeah. I understand yes. one of the reasons you thought that was fucking stupid too was it looked right. fucking freezing. But right. let's just pretend that water was like tropical, like sure. Caribbean water sure. warm. You still don't like the waterfall scene, right? Or no? Well, no, no, my issues were that I, it looked awkward. Her head looked like, her neck looked like it was going to snap, the whole thing. Okay, but so it wasn't I don't, just the water no, part. But it is not... No, it is not. It I don't understand, and maybe it's because I don't feel restricted, and so that feeling. And is it by clothes? Maybe is it by I don't know. I feel what, restricted by everything. So right? <laughs> no, no, for real. Yeah, but I yeah. don't have it. I'm not a prude either, and I don't. Yes. With no problem yeah. showing body and clothes. So I don't. I don't. I think mine is much deeper. I think it, right. I think it's the restrict, yeah. the feeling restricted. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's s- some. Also, I'm a rule follower. God, this is really getting yeah. like a little deep here. No, but that seems like like you're breaking the rules. Like it right. seems like perhaps it's like illicit or something. And right. so maybe see, it and seems I don't. Exciting no, to I me. think this is but exactly it because see I don't. It that way. No, 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 no. Because I just don't see it as I don't. Where I am a rule follower too, but. Where are there's no rule, 
right? That is something well, that you learned. True. Seems that inappropriate, is right what to you. I guess but I've society never, would say, but yeah, yeah, I no, and that's right. But again, that's the difference between growing up. Like I, I really feral. do joke, right? Feral. I do joke about feral because I am not a rule breaker. I am not a rebel. I am no. feral or a rule follower. But and if so, if someone said posted the rules, no skinny dipping. I would feel differently. But there is no rule. And since I it's never learned rule the right. rule, right? It's mm-hmm. not. And yeah. so I don't feel any joy in breaking it. And I wasn't like looking at it going, ew, why would anyone go skinny? No, I it just like, didn't appeal to you. Like but I, ha- I, I felt it like, necessary no, to No, but say I was it. also like, why? It is a thing that people like. And I, huh, why? I wonder why. But you're oh, nailing it. You're nailing yeah, all of the that's reasons why. why. <laughs> like yeah. that. And like she said, Delilah, when they're all sitting there in there, it's in this hot springs. I mean, it's where, I forget the word she is, but basically people... Un- when they unload their clothes, meaning she shed their clothes, they start opening up and like mm. feelings start coming out. And yeah. it's, it, it is like a metaphorical thing, I think. Yes. Um, but she, yeah. So I don't know. I, think, I was, I think at some point in my life, drinking was that for me. That was like the, the oh. way I could unburden myself and feel free in the ways that you're talking about and I think so I guess it's just everybody has their own everybody has their own thing and just like you're probably like looking at someone who gets completely wasted and does you know their inhibitions are gone and you're like why would you do that because you stay in control when you're drinking but oh, then yes. you're like, right. So then I like you see them this. to be lowered, but only a, only to a certain point, and then I stop it. Then I right. have the off switch. Right, right. So, yeah. but this is but see that's still but for control. you skinny dipping. But for skinny dipping is is your way of not is your way of yeah. shedding it all and and doing it. So I guess everybody has their own things. It's very very. Yeah. But Heather was clearly to your point feeling it. And yeah. it was opening her up. But yeah. apparently so was microdosing of hallucinogens or yes. whatever all the protocol was giving her. So yeah. I'm not sure if it's the skinny <laughs> dipping or the drugs. <laughs> so let's hold off on the – because yeah. I do want to talk about the confrontation the protocol. scene. Yes, the pr- protocol. That <laughs> I still can't take her accent. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's just it's bad, get, I think it's getting better. But we'll – okay, we'll talk about that later too. All right. Car- so the next person I want to talk about is Carmel. But wait, can we just finish with yes, Napoleon? Of course. And, yeah. And Heather, yes, though, I more. mean, then they have a major turning point. I oh, mean, so she yes. says in the hot tub that she can't. Yes, she you're right. Really Thank believes you. She can't ever be with him, even though she gives him credit, says he's a beautiful lover and very skilled lover, something. Again, mm-hmm. where her daughter's like, gross, mom. Yeah. But then they do. I thought that was a big moment. She you're right. wants to feel his skin on yes. her skin. Mm-hmm. And. And I think that is talk about growth. And now yeah. you see he is the one that wanted to come there. He was all, we need this, we need this. And by the end, he's freaking out and wants to leave because right? it's like opening up shit in him that he didn't actually want to open up. Yeah. And she is going, oh, no. Like, this is we're working. doing this. Yeah, yeah this is I working. feel better than I have in a long time. Yeah, which yeah. is so funny because now that you say it like that, they are taking the feminine and masculine journey the same way of of I, the way I'm comparing Nine Perfect Strangers and the White Lotus. He was like, "This is we we need this, but it's all good." And what he really kind of meant was that she needed it, but she knew she she came in with her wound, and now she's just spending time healing, and he's spending time exposing, like ripping apart, yeah. aggressively getting to that wound, and. Um, and that's an uncomfortable place to be. So he's yeah, like, oh, hold sure. up. I was here for the smoothies. Yeah. And, and to kind of get our minds off things. And now he realizes, oh, shit, this is this is daunting. Like This yes. is scary. This is not a place I want to be. I'm killing goats yes. and making crazy speeches. <laughs> yes. And crying. And what are these emotions? Yeah. Everything's opening up for him. And she's already been rooting around in it. She hasn't yes. figured out how to deal with it, but she's no, been she's, in there. Right. She's healing now. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, they have she a really interesting arc, I feel like. I agree. Yeah. So far. That has been really great to watch. I wonder how much farther it can possibly go. I don't know. I, know. I do have a slight fear that by the end, she's going to commit suicide. And I hope <gasps> that that's wrong. But oh, there was something dear. I know 
there was something about or maybe Delilah will commit suicide because there was something about that scene where they were standing on the edge of the cliff that I just felt was really like ominous yeah yeah and like transmitting something like telling us like hey this is this is not the last time you're you're gonna see this situation. oh and Delilah held her hand and then yeah. another scene later held her hand so maybe yeah well, no. and well oh, and geez. on the cliff Delilah says you know what that that hands again very feminine idea mm-hmm. hands are receptive Touch. hands mm-hmm. they, there's intuitive there is no it's more intimate than sex she was yeah. saying the physical touch part. yeah mm. and that there's intu- intuition there and that there's knowing without even having to know the person when you touch you know and that's again a very female feminine quality but and she said she went on to say maybe you know that I have I have been here I have been standing yeah. on this you know with you and she now Heather doesn't she takes it more no, literally like, you don't yeah she rejects it been where yeah. I am yeah right which is to mean you know a whatever aged woman who has had a, a son commit suicide which clearly Delilah is not but mm-hmm. I don't know I think there was something there I think there was something oh, there so I know okay. we'll come back to that we'll yeah see. we'll see all right. So, so Carmel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I at once like adore her storyline and struggle mm-hmm. with it. Yes. I I'm really struggling with how over the top in both ways it is. She is like giggly and so like I am so happy mm-hmm. and I love it's it here so and this weird. is the best. It's very cringy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, if she was just like that, I would say, okay. But then she's also over the top full of rage. Like when she lunged across to to kind of choke Choke Lars, I don't know. It's, I don't, it's not always. Extremes. Yeah, and they're just too extreme on both sides. Or maybe it's not that they're too extreme on both sides. Maybe there's just not enough dimension around them because let's be honest, Napoleon and Heather are pretty extreme, uh, you know, most what happened to them and how they're dealing with it. But they're maybe more dimensional as human beings and maybe Carmel quite is not, doesn't have that full dimension so that they feel more extreme. But I will say I really, truly appreciate her point of view. I just don't think it's a point of view we see much, which is ironic because we see so much of men having midlife crises, right? And and the men's point of view. Now, we actually have so many stories of it that you can point to the men having a midlife crisis as a rebirth. You can point, you know, in in maybe some some seasons of Mad Men, or you can point to them having a midlife crisis as being part of incredibly destructive, maybe in some seasons of The Sopranos. You can have it being a farcical, like look at this silly guy who goes out and gets candy apple red car. Yeah, like cars. you have so many stories of men having midlife crises. And always in those stories, they divorce their wife. And maybe that's a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal. Again, we just have so many of these stories. There, there are so many of them. There's not one thing. They, they leave the wife and maybe that's fine. She moves on and everything's wonderful in her life. Or they leave her in a trash heap. Or they actually murder her because they can't get away from her otherwise. I mean, that happens in real life. So we have so many points of view of, this, of the men. But very, very few of the woman. And what it feels like to be left. And, you know... Maybe it works out for the best. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're angry the way Carmel is. But I just, I don't feel like we have a whole lot of them, you know, points of view of this, the woman's side, what it feels like to be dumped. And now for her, it is to watch another woman live the life that you believe you're meant to live, to see your kids living with a woman they adore. I mean, which also, frankly, is usually the goal, but painful, and hard. That, yeah. yeah, that nuance isn't portrayed a lot. I mean, there's one scene in Stepmom. Remember that movie Stepmom with yeah, Julia Roberts course. and Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. when when Julia Roberts is like in tears and she's like, I 
just picture her on her wedding day and I'm lifting her veil and I'm telling her she's the most beautiful woman that's ever existed and this is the start of everything wonderful in your life and she paints this gorgeous picture of her with the daughter on her wedding day and she but she ends it with in tears saying and she's just going to be thinking all I wish is my mom my mom was here and then Susan Sarandon we cut to her and all she says is and my biggest fear is that she's not and so it's like she's not going to care that I'm not there because she'll have you and so I mean but that's one fucking movie (laughs) That's no, one no, movie I, I can point to that that shows a more complicated side of what you want versus what happens and how to negotiate all of it. And I mean, so it, I it is extreme. Yeah. I I agree, but I I also totally agree with you that this is not something we see very often. And 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 I think we see maybe the anger mm-hmm. or the you know, pretending everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And this but, does yeah. swing us back and forth real hard, I think is yeah. what you're you're saying. No, but the, the anger pretend- that we usually see is so, it's such a side plot. It's easy, it's either the crazy ex-wife, yeah. right? Yes. It's it right. always through the man's point of view. Like, why is she being so fucking crazy? I've crazy. moved on with my life, right? right? Or it's like, oh, look, this is how you can have a nice, you know, divorce with, with a good co-parenting relationship. But it's still always from the man's point of view. And we don't get to see. Yeah. I know that the woman, even when it is a strong co-parenting situation, the women had to have gone through something. Like, what yeah. is it like seeing him with someone else? Seeing your kids with another mother figure? Seeing... All yes. of these things. And it can be the whole spectrum of things. And we can have the movies where they're really angry or they're really happy or they're sad. But but most likely they're struggling with all of those things. And all of those – there are so many of those moments in one woman's life. And yet right. we don't have those stories at all. Right. And that's why I think what really – saves it for me it was the scene where Carmel talked to Masha and where we really did get what you're saying is her perspective on what it felt like I felt like that scene despite whatever kind of reservations I had before about her character I think I just wasn't you weren't getting the full picture until that scene in episode four and that I thought was for me was really moving there when she now admits you know, tells the story, but but tells it as you're saying from from what it felt like to her, mm-hmm. and and in the end he couldn't pretend. She says like, yeah. I, I just I felt there that I was like, okay, I I get her now. And then you you only you don't get to see the very last bit of that scene is Masha saying just write down the things he said to you. You yeah. know, and you don't then then we don't know. You know, you you assume okay, he must have no, said some bad no, shit to he, her. No, we we get but, them. We But no, I'm saying but at the end of this the scene with Masha you uh, don't. But then yeah, when the, they go to the dummy scene yes. and and Masha starts reading them aloud from that book and right. she just and starts smashing yeah see I struggled with the scene with Masha because yes like you just said we really get everything that I was talking about too which is that you know you see more of the what it feels like but I didn't understand why they had to make him a bad guy like why did he have to be he was abusive and whether I mean physically I guess he bit her but he's they're calling that like in passion so An maybe that's passion, not right. but also mm-hmm. he was cruel and so emotionally abusive right and now he has got this great life with a younger prettier wife and they're vacationing in Italy and the kids live with him I mean I didn't love that I didn't know I didn't even know if that was necessary but maybe it will, I see right. it will prove to be necessary I wanted it just as like I mean, not everybody gets divorced because they have abusive husbands. Some people get divorced because of lots of things, and 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 you would still have that rage. You yeah. think? I think I, uh, I guess or, they yeah. Or they I, made it extreme so that her rage could be more of her her yeah, wound. And would she have that rage if she just got left? I mean, I'm not saying you could. Right. That could yeah. be. Yeah. That could certainly fuck you up. I'm not yeah. saying. Yeah. You could yeah. be angry about that. Yeah. You know I love any depictions of female rage, so or anger. Yeah. So I really do. I mean, yeah. so because so I so, just don't think there's ever enough of them. 
Right. Yes. So let's go. So should we go to Mr. Kendo? Because there you go. Yeah. Like that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this scene was started out. I was I was very afraid. I was really cringing yeah. when oh I found out. Oh my God, it. me too. I was right? like, oh dear God, there's a dummy and what are they going to do? Like talk to it or hit it? Oh God. Yeah. I, and it, and they talk about like reflecting your, your own insecurities yes. and putting them into it so you can like, ah, I was not, I was cringing. I was really cringing. Me too. I was like, this is going to be like the potato sack race. Oh God, oh, don't. Boy. Sorry, yeah, I thought we're, that was We're not cringy, even talking about that one. No, yeah. we're not. Exactly. But, yeah. but you know, no. a couple scenes where I'm like, oh, no, no, don't. Oh, yes, a little too around a little though, too self-helpy was the concern that it would be really yes it would feel farcical and self-helpy, and it did not. And no. can we can we just first talk about Francis M- M- Melissa yes. McCarthy? First of all, her outfit fucking loved her outfit that burgundy like wine colored getup she had. I don't. It looked. I loved it. And then mm-hmm. her moves. Oh my God. She, yeah, like, she was like, looked like a jujitsu artist or something. She was like, <laughs> I was Seriously. so impressed. And then, of course, Carmel takes it to the next level. A disturbing with, level. Yes, a disturbing um, level. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Francis's was so good because so she good. got, yes, there was the beatdown in her awesome moves, but she had more of the speech beforehand where she was you really got to again see more of her story and her vulnerability and of her finally saying you know you kind of like fuck you for not loving me Mm -hmm, she said and like you said I was going to be a mom and you took that from me and now we start seeing that was some phenomenal what this guy did to her yeah yeah but that was some phenomenal acting really I mean the, the way she didn't just break down she really kind of let the she let it the tears come like it gradually and then she then she then it kind of breaks loose but yeah woo. yeah so hers and then yeah carmel's you don't you don't get that kind of like inner reflection from her right you get delilah and masha really egging her on by mm-hmm. reading the, the cruel things that her husband said and then on letting her unlock her rage though i mean that's what's been so weird about her she would have these moments of rage and then go right back to her I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it really had to be maybe that extreme for us yeah. to see maybe the mental gymnastics that, that honestly a lot of women have to go through because they're trying to repress the anger inside them and go around in the world looking pleasing and, and, yes, and right. you know, yeah. keeping a good face. And she's it almost had to be, I think, a little extreme to yeah. demonstrate the balancing act that, that a lot of women do go through because men are allowed to go around raging and you know, mm-hmm. complaining oh, yeah. if their fucking wife left them or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But she is really trying to keep it together. And I'm fine. I mean, no, I don't really want to punch her in the face. <laughs> uh, but no, but, you do. Yeah. That's how you feel. Yeah. But we're going to unlock that with Mr. Kindo. And yeah. <laughs> man, did she unlock it. Holy shit. To the point yeah. where others were disturbed. I mean, Tony went running. Well, like, so I want to talk about that. It. Yeah, who was triggering? Who was disturbed? Well, Tony and Napoleon, right? The men and Heather. The men was. I mean, she was like, hmm. I, I mean, it's not something I see every day. It it was it was a little concerning. <laughs> but like, right, so, right. So yeah. it, it, I do think it it was a you know partially a statement on how women's anger and rage makes men incredibly uncomfortable, and when women see that. Yeah, I'm a little disturbed, but frankly, I'm more glad I got to see that because I've felt like that before. I think that I'm channeling Heather, right. like what she might say. Well, and Heather think, was like, you're right. Heather was like, cool, yeah. let's stay here. Yeah. And Zoe was like, I'm in, let's stay here. Yeah. Like they saw it and were like, this shit is working. And yeah. And I've I felt like that and this. that doesn't scare me. That actually liberates me because I have yeah. felt that way. And to know that I have felt that way and someone else has too is liberating and I don't even have to do it. Meanwhile, Tony is the one who's, I mean, Napoleon actually killed a goat and Tony killed a man. So mm-hmm. they are the one who But they actually, can't see this. They can't see someone right. hitting a fake dummy. Because it's a woman. It's a woman. I think, I think they're much yeah. more comfortable with that. They're much more comfortable with men doing that because it is more expected of them and it doesn't feel and you know leon napoleon walks away saying this is getting volatile and we've seen nothing about this getting volatile everything from what we see now 
the everything that's going on at Tranquillum is controlled. The dosing is yeah. controlled. The activities mm-hmm. are done in a safe space. They're controlled. They're led by someone who presumably knows what they're doing. Volatility has not been any part of it. And yet that's what he sees when he sees a woman go, you yeah. know, berserk on a dummy like that. Mm-hmm. And I just found that to be really interesting and really, you know, worth noting yes absolutely it mostly made the men uncomfortable and tony is triggered even more so because he's afraid it will expose his secret but napoleon was very uncomfortable as well and yeah 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 and i it made me think of my love of boxing and i i don't do it anymore but i was for a time boxing with a with a boxing trainer like in a ring you know and I loved it more than anything and I used to tell people including the trainer I was like I just love punching shit and people Mm. would be like I'm I'm sorry what and I'm like no for real like I would go around telling people that which you know is not as crazy as Mm. what she just did but it certainly got some weird looks and what I mean is yes in a controlled environment where you get to take out whatever anger rage whatever and it, it's amazing it mm. feels really good and mm. and i'm pretty sure you know a lot of people would find that if they were able to engage in such an exercise and, and, or watch it like these women did and say wow like that's exciting like yeah. i hand me the sword right <laughs> you know yeah. i'd like a turn but it's it feels it feels great Honestly. Wow. So we're really catching on a, a, a pattern of Kate on the couch here. The liberation. Yeah. Shocker. Required, right? No, I mean, it's the, the skinny dipping is like the romantic yeah. side of the exact same thing you just described. Mm-hmm. You know, you really feel hemmed in and these Trapped. ways of, of, of acting. Trapped was the word my psychic used. If okay. You, if you okay. So there, and right. So that makes sense. Breaking free, yeah. shedding clothes, all of it, mm-hmm. you know, punching your way out. All of it feels yeah. on target. Like this is, <laughs> this makes total sense. Yeah. And also just this entire show, just to go back to my original point, I love watching people work through their shit it's all different damage and they're all doing it in different ways right but that's what and some of it speaks to me more than others but that's the part that's really interesting to me to watch I agree this is also it's a complete that's what I meant when I said White Lotus and Nine Perfect Strangers are doing the same thing but doing it in very different ways but I I agree and I'm this is why I love an ensemble cast in this way where yes. everybody's damage is not 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 everybody's is equal but it is everybody's contributes and I love it because one movie or one show generally is focused on one person's damage which I You're also right. love and you can go deeper but these tv shows where we're getting you know more than one point of view and more than one really in-depth damage and healing it is I am I am here for it. Here for yeah. it forever. Yeah, totally. Now, Will upping the protocol. What what do we think is going to happen now? I mean, we're we're going to increase the dosage. Is that what's happening? We're going to level two, Masha yeah, I says. Guess. I'm not sure we can go. I'm with Delilah here, maybe. Level yeah. one's unearthing a lot of stuff. Right. Well, but but once you've unearthed it, you got to go deeper. Yeah. You can't just stay I there. Know. you got to up the... I was all for it. I was Masha. I was like, yes. These they people are it. these people are flying through the introspection. Yeah. You got to give them Keep more. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Damn. Oof. So well, we need it for a show, certainly. But I'm in. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's what maybe not is not working for us as much as mm-hmm. some some of the things that really are. We've already talked about quite a few of them. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna add. I'm gonna add something that I'm adding to the list but then taking off the list because I am just I'm just gonna say it the music this is now a fucking thing it's a thing it is a thing that Hulu shows use very strongly identified music from other places and I you know what I'm embracing it I'm fully embracing it I don't care that it was used in Goodwill Hunting and Dead to Me and now Beauty and the Beast 
I, I'm not sure that could be and that instrumental that plays while she, while I, Nicole Kidman is running. Know. What is oh it? Oh my God! It's so, I, you know, See, uh, this is why yeah. I don't even notice. No, I now understand that this is what they're going to do with all of their music, and I am embracing it. I love it. I love. I'm going to kind of take your point of view, which is I like to be reminded of other things that yep. I love. Okay, that's. I'm gonna okay. just. It's just Look as a that. thing. That's it wasn't gross. a mistake. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So I put that you on don't the quite list. Quite understand why these people get paid to pick music from shows that are already. But but what else? <laughs> no, no. Now I know why because they are trying yeah. to remind me of something wonderful. And I wonder if Beauty and the Beast has any correlation. But maybe not. I'd like to hope it does, but I bet it doesn't. Maybe not. Remember? No, it, it remember when I read that article about? whatever it was in normal people that was annoying you and like the answer was I just liked that song yes. oh yeah you were like well that's a hunting. terrible answer yeah yeah no so yeah. I'm not I'm not going to hold on to that I'm going to appreciate oh, it it was a tweet itself. I that was it oh my god the only reason I was excited about that is because the guy the director I, it, the director Lenny actually Abramson, responded to my yeah. tweet actually mm-hmm. responded and yeah. said he just liked that song yeah so I was so excited to share it with you because I was like oh my god Lenny responded and you're like that's a horrible answer <laughs> Yeah, but now I, un- but yes, I see it is happening a- across the board on Hulu shows. It seems to be a yeah. thing. I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine with it. I'm. Okay. What's also not lo- working for me so well yet is, well, we talked about Carmel that a- that aspect of Carmel, but the one that's not working for me in almost any aspect is Delilah. As yeah. now, Delilah herself, her character. I think there's interesting things going on there. Delilah in the relationship and I guess the triangle with Yao and Masha is feeling very forced. She doesn't seem like a scorned lover type to me or maybe again Mm. it's just too one-dimensional. She's like I play role of scorned lover you know. Yes and And, I play the one that questions Masha. There's always the one going are you sure they're ready? This isn't you know that one. The forced conflict the the one-dimensional antagonist to Masha is not working for me either I wish there was more I wish maybe Glory would step in and go uh, you know as far as the protocol she's obviously not going to step in Mm -hmm. in the relationship but why doesn't Glory step in and say you know well we did it a little bit on this one you know I'd love her to to play devil's advocate to both of them I'd love her to have Mm -hmm. some sort of something there but this one-dimensional Masha versus Delilah is just not working mm. for me. Also, and because throwing in the the relationship part, then yeah, like, yeah. There's also the, you can sleep on the couch Delilah's, tonight, you know, right? I yes, but also is Delilah just questioning Masha because Masha's banging her boyfriend? Yes, I mean, right. like right. then that kind of undermines the it whole thing too. It looks like she's so just like right. you said, a scorned lover. Like you're right. I don't think she's that. She's more than that. I it, agree, but it does. Uh, it I muddies just, the water. It definitely does. And now she's mm-hmm. bipolar. And she's not on her meds. I'm not Oy. on her meds. So now she's like crazy. We're just yeah. supposed to believe she's nuts. I, was, I wasn't happy with that. I don't know, I don't know where that's and, all going. And Zao, Zao just really doesn't say anything. So he's so kind of yeah. also one dimensional. Yeah. I, I agree. That's not working for me. The other thing that's not working for me is sort of Mosh's backstory. We keep getting these weird little bits, but not much. And I don't know. Yeah, it feels like the same thing every time. Every time. And it's just her in the parking garage getting shot. Right. Getting shot. Um, And and she drinks a lot and has sex a lot. Yeah. She was kind of an asshole before. Okay. But I think I said in the first one that I I hoped, and I don't think it's going to happen, that we would maybe learn a little bit more about Masha the person, the woman. And I just... We're not, and you could do that through flashbacks, but these flashbacks aren't doing that. So I don't know they're what not. they're there for. So, and I, I guess they go with the whole murder mystery threats plot line that I'm right. struggling with a little. But, but that they're not even helping that. If if you were showing us maybe something from her past that might show who could be coming after her, but we're not seeing that either. So yeah, I'm a little and it's worth noting question. that I did read. So I, Nine Perfect Strangers came out right after Big Little Lies, which I was absolutely obsessed with, obsessed with on every level. By the way, can we just talk for one second, because I don't want to go too long, but how Big Little Lies was mold breaking. Never before had movie stars, movie stars Mm -hmm. been in a TV show before. And 
Big Little Lies was the first to not only have one incredibly famous movie star, but I don't know, three, four, however many mm-hmm. it is. And and to introduce this idea of the limited series, it was so groundbreaking. I was incredibly, incredibly obsessed with it on every level. And now you think about just a couple years later, this is commonplace. Every oh, totally. movie star is doing a limited series. And that way you're you're not binding them to, you know, years and years of a contract. You're mm-hmm. you, you know, the shooting is contained. And it's almost now become a rite of passage. Like, who hasn't done this? Kate Winslet. It was like, where's mine? I need Mayor of Easttown. Thank you yeah. very much, you know? So, And now every author wants their book to be a limited course, series. They don't want yes. it to be a movie. They want yeah. it to be a limited series just like this. Yeah, one of these you, with famous stars in it. Right. So Nine Perfect Strangers came out right after I watched Big Little Lies. And I was obsessed, as I mentioned. And I read the first chapter of Nine Perfect Strangers and I I really liked it. I have nothing bad to say about it, but I had to close the book because I was like, I really, to be honest with myself, all I wanted was more Big Little Lies. And I had read Big Little Lies and I had read um, other of Leanne Moriarty's books, including The Husband's Secret, which was the first one I found. And that was the husband's secret and Big Little Lies were very similar. So I expected to open Nine Perfect Strangers and have something pretty similar. And it very much was not. So I closed the book and didn't read it. And then I lent it to someone, never got it back and whatever. And then I, when I knew the show was coming, I refused lest I get, you know, burned at the stake. So I, but I did read the first chapter and the first chapter is from Yao's perspective, which I also didn't appreciate at the time. I was like, where you write women's, you write multiple women's POV. You don't write (laughs) a man's POV. And I wasn't, she has every right to, and I thought she did it well, but I wanted these women, these women like I'd never seen before. So the first per, the first chapter is Yao's perspective, and he is an EMT or a doctor or something, whatever. I, and he goes, and Masha has had a heart attack from overworking herself. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. wasn't shot, and she didn't have all this dark stuff. So this is a departure from the book and that I only know from having read that one chapter I don't know anything else so I can't really com- help anybody else who's sitting there going who's going to complain about all the differences from the book I can't help but I do know that one thing and so that is a big departure and it does feel not really as fleshed out as some yes, of the other and I did things. ask my friend who has read the book and and you definitely you're right hey. her story is at this point an issue for me the what's yeah what's really going on here yeah it, and or getting at to the, know her yeah I see that at the very least I was thinking it is they're dragging it out and I'm guessing that's going to be more of the big reveal type stuff that comes at the end so it's so true though you're right the last line of the episode four is it's good to die what mm-hmm. is, you're right that's not even a no that's it's not, not a, threat. a typical threat no what does that mean and her first Where one is- the text message in, in episode two is it's it's your last week on earth like what yeah it doesn't say it's i'm gonna kill to you die. and the video is i'm watching you right I don't know where this is going. Nope. But we'll see. It's 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 we, much slower to develop, obviously. Yes, yes. But we're gonna we're gonna be here for it. 